Hello everybody and thank you for joining me for this new episode of The Daily Optimist. Today is Tuesday. It is the 13th of April. It is a cool day where I am. I wonder how the weather is where you are. Hopefully you're getting a chance to be outside and enjoy. It's uh, gardening season. It's planting your gardens now with the warm days, cool nights. is very beneficial for plants and for vegetables, if you will, depending upon what vegetables and plants you're growing, of course. But, you know, a lot of people like to do that this time of year, so maybe you can give that a try. That's not going to be the step of the day, but that is some fun fun thing for you to perhaps uh, look into, and maybe I'll add that to a step sometime down the road. But um, today, it is uh, a, a day after... Uh, more unrest and protest have happened in uh, Minneapolis with the shooting of another black man. I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment as my one story today because I really feel like it needs to be uh, talked about and at least from me. Sometimes I just have to talk and I appreciate you listening. So uh, I also want to talk about just information in general. So, I'll have that at the end, okay? So, I appreciate you all for joining me. I hope you're finding ways to enjoy your day. I uh, look forward to this episode because I think it's going to just be positive for me as I get my thoughts out. Alright, and then of course I'll switch to some positive news and uh, your positive step of the day as well. So, thank you for joining me on this new episode of The Daily Optimist. My name, of course, is Elijah Manning, and thank you for listening. So, like I mentioned a moment ago, I'm really only going to talk about uh, what happened in Brooklyn Center, uh, Minnesota, which is about 10 miles from where... The trial of uh, Derek Chauvin is happening. The murder trial, I should mention. So I talked about this briefly, but more information came out, of course, after I recorded the podcast yesterday. So we know that there was a 20-year-old black man named Dante Wright who was killed and um, shot by police after, you know, they pulled him over for... uh, at the time, it was um, a uh, air freshener hanging in his rear view. Supposedly, he may have had some license plate issues as well, which uh, is interesting because I'm still not sure which uh, part of that is true. I have to keep reading. But from the m- most recent reports, it seems to be there was issue with his um, uh, license uh, plate you know, registration. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, the the word that came out after the podcast, of course, yesterday, was that he was killed accidentally. All right, well, that's not surprising that that would be the first thing that uh, the police officers say when it was happening. Oh, it was an accidental shooting. The accident is being said to have been... um, the officer who pulled the trigger, her name is um, Kim Potter, 
She's a 26-year veteran on the Brooklyn Center, Minnesota Police Department. She's now on administrative leave for this accident, quote-unquote. You can't see me doing the quotes. Obviously, they're doing further investigation. Real quick on Potter, she's also the um, police union president in Brooklyn Center. Now, say what you will, but I don't know if you know the history of police unions in uh, this U.S. So if you know the history of police and unions, you know that policing, uh, a lot of it started to break up unions. Right? It was paid by wealthy you know, uh, companies at the time before they were giant mega corporations to break up their... Uh, workers who were trying to unionize for uh, better wages and better hours and all sorts of those benefits. And cops were put together, especially up in the north, northeast areas of the U.S. It has other uh, ties in, in other parts of the country as well, but uh, that is one of the specific areas where it was used to break up uh, unionization. And then police unions themselves have become some of the most powerful unions in the country. Hmm. Interesting. Designed to uh, dismantle unions and then becoming the strongest. And oftentimes unions will kind of uh, part of the rule of unions is to get rid of uh, infractions that their uh, officers have committed after like six months they kind of hide those infractions so there's not a, a lot known on if kim potter has a history of this type of behavior or not so as again she is the president of it but what happened is there was a again accidental discharge of the gun that she yells, taser, taser, taser. And then, oh, holy beep, I just shot him. Hmm. So she didn't realize she had the taser in her hand. I mean, not the taser in her hand. She had her actual gun in her hand. She doesn't know where she keeps it on her body. The weight difference. So from what I understand, that tasers are not supposed to be in your um, strong hip. You know, if you're right-handed, then there are, you have your gun on your right side. If you are left-handed, you have your gun on your left side. Your strong hand gun right there. Then you have the taser in cross grip. So that you can reach and pull it knowing that it's on your weak so 26 year vet didn't know she had pulled her gun hmm. it's being ruled a murder right now that's what the uh, medical examiner says was the cause of death was murder she's on administrative leave again as this is happening 10 miles from where the murder trial of Derek Chauvin is is ongoing today the defense is going to get ramped up with uh their part as the prosecution rests 
So I don't know if you know the history of policing in Minneapolis, if you haven't been paying attention since, you know, the death of George Floyd, where it really became a national spotlight. But Minneapolis has uh, quite the history of um, violence against black people by police officers. And they have had uh, this attempt at reform that has failed, obviously failed miserably after the death of Philando Castillo do you remember him pulled over by the cop told him he had a a gun and had his permits and everything the cop still shot him in the car Hmm. so this is something that has happened numerous times in Minneapolis they are not alone this is not an isolated incident in Minneapolis this happens around the country all the time different ways very often same outcome while we do know that there are the likes of people like Dylan Roof who massacred people in a church he was taken in and even stopped at Burger King because he was hungry on his way to jail And also, that was somebody who committed multiple murders. Dante Wright, they said, had a warrant out for his arrest. So, what it appears to be is the warrant for his arrest was from him having some marijuana, which is illegal there. And, you know, he had to pay a fine and didn't pay it on time because of the pandemic and just basically put it off. And now the warrant was outstanding because he didn't pay that off in time or turn himself in. So it was over some money that he owed and that he owed in fines. There was there was a report that said he had burglary, but. I haven't seen that since. I don't know if that's true or not. Whether it is or is not. Does that mean he deserved to be shot? Unarmed? Scared for his life? We saw what happened in Virginia where the uh, military man was maced and held at gunpoint. And now he's suing. So when I say this is not isolated incident, it's not. Fortunately, the op, the um, the army soldier did not uh, was not killed, but he was certainly maced. And a lot of the Blue Lives Matter folk, if you will, are the same people who got mad when Colin Kaepernick kneeled and said it's disrespectful to the troops, to the flag, and all of that. Blue Lives Matter. Police. This man was an army, is an army person in his fatigues. And still treated that way because of his brown skin. Hmm. Interesting. Where are those Blue Lives Matter people outspoken against Colin Kaepernick now? What is your thought process? Who are you for? Who are you against in this situation? 
If you're for the police because you support the Blue Lives Matter, does that mean you're against the military? This man was military. Or does it mean you might have some racism? Some explicit and implicit bias. Information is key in these situations. Information will lead you to a better path. Read more, study more, explore more. Because sometimes information is, can be misleading. Accidental discharge. She yelled, taser, taser, taser. Then, holy beep, I just shot him. In confusion? What is that information telling us? How do I feel about that information? How do you feel about it? I don't always give in to those thoughts and uh, I want to explore deeper. And typically I do. So I will keep reading. I will keep finding more and more information. I want you to do the same. More protests more violence the circle continues when 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 will we stop it when will we make the proper adjustments to no longer have this be how our country society functions the mayor of uh, Brooklyn Center says that he wants this to be the last name I certainly hope they do something about that. And not just there. He said exactly, according to this NPR article. Let me be clear. We will get to the bottom of this. We will do all that is within our power to make sure that justice is done for Dante Wright. I'll be back in a moment and we'll switch to some positive news. It's time for some positive news. My first positive news story is going to come from Nepal, but it has other reaches, which I'll get to. And this is according to the goodnewsnetwork.org article. And it's about rhinos in Nepal specifically. At least that's where we'll start. Okay, so um, populations of the endangered one-horned rhinoceros in Nepal have increased by 16% over the past six years. Okay, again, this is according to the goodnewsnetwork.org article I'm reading. So the new national rhino count of 2021, that's, I guess, the official name of the rhino count, uh, estimates that the current number stands at 752, which is up from 645 in 2015. They were counting them from March 22nd to April 10th and within four national parks. Um, so this is a far, far... Uh, cry different from the 1960s where there are only around 100 left in Nepal they did this with um, they used 57 elephants in their search for rhinos along with 350 trained personnel who swept the jungle areas to document a species head count um, 
they also you know collected data on the habitat conditions invasive species in the area and human activities in the region <clears throat> excuse me Ghana Goering, who is the country representative, uh, the the country representative of WWF Nepal, says the overall growth in population size is indicative of ongoing protection and habitat management efforts by protected area authorities, despite challenging context these past years. Um, this goes on to say this achievement is yet another milestone in Nepal's conservation journey. So that is great, as like I said, they were down to a hundred in the sixties. And they are coming back and flourishing up to, I believe it was 752. Great news. Uh, in Africa in 2020, in Kenya specifically, they're, uh, they've had protection for rhinos as well. They had one single, uh, only one single rhino lost its horn or its life last year. And that was the first time that happened since 1999. All right. So once again, that was in Kenya uh, last year. And in South Africa... 80% of all African rhinos, 2020 was the sixth consecutive year that, oh, I'm sorry, in South Africa, they have 80% of all African rhinos. That's the full sentence. 2020 was the sixth consecutive year that rhino poaching incidents dropped in the Kruger National Park. And since 2017, deaths have plummeted by 60%. So they're allowing these rhinos to live. That's great news. That is great. All right. Rhinos are a very interesting species and creature uh so good for them hopefully they can continue that upward growth and you know we have less poaching and killing off and we don't have to worry about them dying out my second story is going to come from canada ontario specifically where there was a there is a nine-year-old girl named hannah fatima who was shopping with her father at the like right before the pandemic started all right, right before their first lockdown in March 2020. This is according to the sunnyskies.com article I'm reading. Uh, she and her father, Tariq Sayed, were at the grocery store getting toilet paper like all of us and other necessities. And he says, I was panic shopping, to be honest. Naturally, I was focused on me and trying to get my list as quickly as possible. But he uh, noticed that his daughter was keeping an eye on a an elderly woman struggling with her groceries and in Fatima she says it made me think of my grandparents so um when they got out to the parking lot um <clears throat> they helped her carry every or sorry what they did was help her out to the parking lot carrying her groceries to her car and Fatima said she got really happy <laughs> that's what she told uh CBC so when they went home, they decided they wanted to help more seniors. So they launched the Good Neighbor Project, which is a volunteer delivery network that connects available, able-bodied individuals with people in need. So they just post about it. They a volunteer will um, comment and say they can do it. So it's like could be running an errand, make a delivery. Uh, and it's all about people who are willing to take on the task, sign up in the comments and boom. Community organized assistance for people in need. So they say there have been more than 6,000 volunteers that have contributed over 22,700 hours and helped over 8,600 isolated seniors, persons with disabilities, and other vulnerable persons. Uh, Syed, Syed says, It's just a network of good-hearted Canadians who came together to help the community during unprecedented times. 
And Fatima says, when I saw the elderly person, I thought that was my opportunity to go and help somebody. Because whenever you get a chance to be helpful and kind, you just go and do without thinking about it. Everybody should do that. I agree, Fatima. I agree. That is uh, much appreciated. And I certainly hope that you've inspired others to have uh, and more kindness and to help those in need. All right. It's time for your positive step of the day. And I kind of went over this at the beginning and when I was talking in my uh, diatribe about what happened in Minneapolis. And it's about information. All right. So I want you to think about where you get your information from. Whether it be online, you know, social media, uh, reputable news uh, outlets or news outlets that are fringe. Just think about wherever you get your news or wherever you get your information, rather. Do you read a lot of books, read a lot of articles? So as you're doing this, information is information. But if you want to learn more, get information from multiple sources, okay? And try to make them as reputable as possible. Try not to have the fringe sources as much. Not that they don't have some valuable information, but compare that with more reputable sources. Now, you can do a search of, you know, uh, reputable sources of, of news information, and you can see if it skews left, if it skews right, if it skews more fa more uh, truthful or, or factual or less truthful and factual. All right. There's graphs out there. There's people who monitor that and who um, take that into account. So when you're getting your information, make sure you're doing all of that. And don't just get information from one spot. I read numerous articles about these stories. So I try to have as much information as possible because information alone is not uh, what we need. You need more information to gather a conclusion. All right. So think about where you get your information from and how you can cross-reference to, to come to a conclusion that is very uh, more trustworthy and more substantial than just the first piece of information. Okay? I know I said a lot, but I think you understand. And for my quote, it's going to come from Albert Einstein. All right, Einstein, we know him as the theoretical physicist, one of the most well-known and possibly one of the most important of all time. And his quote goes like this. Information is not knowledge. That's it. Information is not knowledge. And just as I was saying to you, you need to get information from other sources because the information alone on its face is not the knowledge. All right. That is from doing the studies and the, finding the conclusions. All right. That's from reading multiple places. The information alone is not the knowledge. You can spout information without having true knowledge of what you're spouting. But if you've really looked into it, read about it, learned about it, and uh, immersed yourself in it, then you'll get the knowledge. Information on its own is not knowledge. It's just information. Transform your information into knowledge, okay? You got this. I know you do. Thank you very much for joining me for this episode of The Daily Optimist. I appreciate each and every one of you listening as always. I hope you find some good in your day. I hope you find some good information and transfer that into some important knowledge. 
All right, I appreciate you all. As always, please rate, subscribe, and share. Rate so that other people can find it. Subscribe so you never miss it. And share with anybody who needs a little positivity and optimism in their day. Thank you very much, everybody. I appreciate you all. Until next time, everybody, please be well.